Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. From Postcard from the Past and the award-winning Wardle Studios, this is Podcast from the Past, the Postcard Podcast. This is a place where we decipher biro on printed cardboard, make semi-private messages fully public, and emerge none the wiser as we investigate old picture postcards, their messages and their images, and they take us from Arbroath to Zena, from Ibiza to the Norfolk Broads. And we explore what it is that causes us to keep hold of these little cardboard rectangles. In our new streamlined format, each time I now welcome just one guest, and it's their postcards that act as small clues to direct us towards memories, mysteries, and stories. I'm Tom Jackson. I'm delighted to say that my guest today on the podcast is writer and part-time man of the mountains, Max Leonard. Max, welcome to the podcast from the past. Thanks, Tom. Now, you may know Max from his work um, bringing the Rio tape slide archive about hackney in the 80s to book form. Uh, you may have read Higher Calling, about shepherds, snowplows, and cyclists' obsessions with the mountains. Or Bunker Research, chronicling crumbling 1930s fortifications in the French Alps. But, most recently, his interest in mountains and their visual language has led him to put together Vintage Alpine Postcards, a collection of Vintage Alpine Postcards in book form, uh, which we will doubtless return to. But Max joins us today bearing... Is that an N16 postmark I can see? Yeah, pretty much. Um, N16, Stoke Newington, classed as North London with the N, but, you know, it's Hackney, so it's kind of northeast. It's gone east a bit. Exactly. Um, and actually, I live right next door now in E8, which okay. is Dalston, but the Rio cinema you were just talking about is, is E8, but I used to visit when I was a kid, so when they found all these photos of the cinema... From the 80s, I just couldn't wait to get stuck in and see if I could find a picture of myself as a kid. But this is when Dalston didn't quite have the cachet it has now. Yeah, yeah, it was very different then, and, and uh, Stoke Newington was very different then too. Um, it's it's strange to have I've been there for, well, on and off for such a long time. I mean, in between my first residence as, as a child, I, I moved about a bit, and actually then became pretty nomadic for quite a lot of my 20s and 30s and spent a lot of time in France and up mountains, that kind of thing. Oh, but well, you've only yourself to blame for that. Yeah, I know, I know. But then I've now returned pretty much home, pretty much exactly where I started. So, so you were looking for pictures of yourself in, in the Rio archive. Did you find yourself? No, it, I found pictures of people in my class, 
oh, of wow. uh, teachers. Um, other people working on the project found pictures of of their spouses and you know people getting on and off buses that knew that kind of thing. But but oh, yeah, I must have looked at twelve, fifteen thousand uh, <laughs> JPEGs <laughs> closely. Still didn't find yourself. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh! I'm pretty sure I'm not there. You've evaded your own research. Yeah, Um, yeah. yeah. You can can put yourself in the next book. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Max, do you still send postcards? Yeah, I was just thinking about this. uh, When you know, I spent a lot of time, as I say, pretty nomadic. So I was, I was writing and and riding my bike a lot in the Alps and all over the place and lived in Nice for quite a long time and, and when I was like that I didn't really send any at all because I just wasn't really anywhere so or none of it sort of felt you know momentous enough or right. like like a holiday enough to actually send a card so it, because it was more like a lifestyle like work yeah and because and because it was not you know I was never sort of at leisure in a destination you know a postcard is a kind of holiday thing you weren't uh, sitting at the cafe table Wondering what to do. No, no, no. I didn't. I guess I didn't really have a. Other than that, I didn't really have a home to send them to. You okay. know, and I guess you, you do think about well, obviously your mum and your dad and your yeah. those sort of people. But but no, I do. Uh, I pick them up a lot when I go to think uh, exhibitions and art galleries and that kind of thing. And um, I was thinking actually on the way here, probably the last postcard, last postcard I sent was from Port Lockroy. Don't know if you know of or go on. Port Lockroy is is uh, in the Antarctic. Goodness me! So it's it's the southernmost place that one can send mail from uh, anywhere. Yeah, it's an old, it's an old British. And we have a winner. <laughs> no, I won something. I don't know what it is, but uh, it's an old British uh, research station. I think it was in originally a military base, and now right. it's a research research station and a um, a museum of you know this old. So how, what was you had to unpack this? What were you doing? Where? Why were you there? Well, I, I, don't tell me you cycled there. No, <laughs> I won a competition to cruise to Antarctica. Wow! I know on on Instagram, which is You're joking. I actually won something, and it actually happened. Yeah, although I won it in 2020, and it didn't happen till 2023 for obvious reasons. Okay, um, but it happened still. They hadn't it, gone bust or run away. Or... No, no, they and and the companies involved honoured it incredibly. I, Wonderful. You know, at first, they 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 said, oh. We're, we think it will happen in 2021, January 2021, so the Antarctic summer. Obviously, that was cancelled quite quickly. Then then we thought maybe 20, 20, January 2022, that, that was cancelled with a week to go because entry regulations to Argentina, etc. Right. So we couldn't, me and my girlfriend couldn't quite believe it, but um, we got there and we didn't actually manage to visit Port Lockroy because it was a bit choppy so they couldn't take us off the cruise ship on the you know the little right. inflatable okay. boats down to the museum and the post office but they got the the postmasters in fact it was two female british researchers who are living there on this tiny tiny yeah. island barely bigger than this studio Good for, Lord. For and, and that is small business yes <laughs> um so they brought they got them onto the ship to to sell us postcards and then wow. we, we got them stamped they paid a pound and they went all the way from uh, Port Lockroy in, in Antarctica via Cambridge to the Scott Polar Research Institute. Wow. And uh, were they British stamps? They were British stamps. And when it got a postmark... So that was a British post office, it was a Bri- Yeah, it was a British post office. And, and then, but the postmark actually said Cambridge. Oh. So, um, but we did have a sort of ceremonial uh, Port Lockroy stamp with a penguin on it that had the oh, date on. So thank you, goodness. Yeah, Otherwise your story would have been ruined. I know. My... <laughs> 
my godson got one of those and he he would not have been impressed if it was just Cambridge but no. he, he was pretty impressed because it was yeah. Antarctica yeah and they know what they're doing putting a penguin on it yeah very exactly. good well that's a very good postcard to have sent yeah yeah, <laughs> very good. Um, now, before we see and hear the cards that Max brought along, um, I'll give you a quick one of mine. This is, of course, a, a postcard from the past card, like I do um, on Twitter or my book. Um, an old card from which I've uh, selected just a part of the message. So this is a card of uh, Paynton in Devon. Uh, it's a multi-view, rather gaudy, sort of um, corner to corner uh, is, is the way the picture's been divided up. And... Um, Actually, it doesn't give you a description of what you're seeing, but you're seeing uh, a, a busy beach and a pier, a bit of harbour, a bit more sandy beach, and uh, a sort of thatched cottage. Uh, and the card has a code number, B42. I don't know what that really indicates. Um, anyway, this is actually sent to someone in Paynton. So it's a from Paynton to Paynton, quite local. Uh, actually sent from Southampton, maybe? In the 80s, can't see the exact uh, date. Um, anyway, I suppose what intrigued me about this was just the tiresome complexity of some people's lives or the way they choose to express them. Um, so it says, Dear Joan and all... This is from Maureen and family. Dear Joan and all, uh, Karen and I arrived home 9.50pm. Good trip home. Thanks again for having us. Freddie had put my cake for Dad in a tin, but not before he cut a chunk, 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 it should say, I think chuck, out of it, to eat. He said he didn't hear me say it was for Dad. I made another Monday, put it in the oven. Five minutes later, we had a power cut for one hour. So that cake don't look too good. Take care of yourself, Joan. Uh, from, take care of yourself, Joan. Love, Maureen. So, uh, just well, a sort of story of wasted moments, really. <laughs> it's not really worth writing home about that, is it? But No. But and someone did. Yeah. yeah. This went wrong, and then that went wrong. <laughs> uh, but, but, but thinking of you, I suppose. I, I, maybe they're meant to be funny, I don't know. But it just seemed a bit sad, really. You know, someone stole <laughs> some cake, and then there was a power cut. Um, I'll give you another one. See if this is a bit more cheerful. See what we've got here. This is... Uh, this is the Illuminations at Broadstairs. Uh, I must say, if they're the Illuminations, I wouldn't be advertising them. Mm -hmm. It appears to be some flower beds with some lights on, and that's more or less it. it it's certainly not Blackpool or, or, or Vegas. But anyway, um, in 1971, that was considered worth putting on a postcard. Uh, and, and there's a lot of nothing going on, a lot of lawn by night. Yeah, dark space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's what a lawn like looks like if you switch the lights off. Um, anyway, it's sent to the New King's Road in Fashionable Fulham uh, from Janet, and she sent in uh, August 1971. And, oh yeah, it's just one little detail, and this appealed to me. It says, we've had a good week. Today is Friday, and it's raining. We saw Dons and Peggy and Peter and Rosemary on Tuesday. We went to the circus in Margate and Dreamland on Wednesday. Today it is Beat the Tide contest on the sand. See you soon, love, Janet. 
Uh, and I was just intrigued by the idea of a beat the tide contest. I mean, do you know what that is? I, I don't mean, know. No, never heard of it. It's not going to work. No, it can't be. Well, on the other hand, can't be too difficult. You just have to step <laughs> far enough back to. Would you just stand there and see who gets? Uh, yeah. I mean, the beach at Broadstairs. It's a lovely little sandy beach, and it's not not particularly steep or treacherous or anything. I, I mean, I'm not sure that. There's no beating to be done. You can't no. beat it. The tide will come in, and you will get wet. And then it will go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe you'll drown in the interim. I don't know. I hope not. But um, anyway, that was what uh, Janet spent her time doing. And I should remind you, uh, listening to the podcast, images of all the cards we have today are going to be on the show notes, postcardfromthepast.co.uk, so you can see that the cards are all real. Uh, now, Max, um, you've obviously just got a book about postcards at the moment, but you've brought along for the recording some postcards of your own. Let's see the first card that you've got with us, with you. Right, here we go. This is a glacier. It's <laughs> <laughs> After a fashion. <laughs> After a fashion, yeah. It's, it's a lithograph, it's, so it's not a photo. It's, um, I think it's from the year 1898, so pretty early. Mm. And it's by a guy called F. Killinger from Zurich, uh, the illustration that is. And... So this is this is this is a very fanciful image of a, of an alpine scene. Can, I mean, can you describe what we're seeing? Because it's it is unusual. Yeah. So so we have the sort of you know your standard mountains in the background with some snow on top, but then in in the middle of the valley, coming down right through the middle of the card, is a huge great torrent of ice, uh, which actually it's more than a torrent of ice. It has a sort of very grumpy, slightly foreboding, uh, you know old man's face on it as if as if the glacier is pretty you know, cheesed off about something or other i see the sort of spirit of the uh, of the ice is that the idea i would i would think so i mean i was i've looked up this guy killinger and, and this is really what he specialized in he he made a lot of um well a lot he made quite a few postcards along these kind of things but he specialized in putting faces on things <laughs> so there's another one it makes with, you stand out from the other cards i guess well yeah i mean and and yeah so it's, it's sort of quite adventurous for a you know a, a sort of lith- lith- colored lithograph in in 1898 i'd imagine but there's, there's other ones as well he has with with the eiger the monch and the jungfrau mountains all in a row and the and the, each of them has a face and the jungfrau which means maiden in in german is a is a young woman and the monk, yes. the monch is a monk and the other oh so he sort of literalizes the names and, and and makes them happen visually exactly and um at the foot of the glacier on this particular card is uh, a, a woman swimming away with yes. sort of scantily clad. Very. And, and so this is the Rhone glacier, and then at the bottom, the woman is is the River Rhone. So at the top, the German, which I don't know, the German inscription says the, something along the lines of the Rome head south. Uh, no, actually, there it is in French as well, which I can read. It says, and it says the Rhone flees south. For, uh, towards France. Oh, is she fleeing? The, the, the maiden. She is. So it looks like she's kind of waving goodbye to the glacier that has that has spawned the River Rhone. Yes, because she's, she's from the melted ice. Yeah, and she's heading off down to you know greener pastures and to to water all those lovely grapes that make Cote de Rhone. And, like, and he know. resents that by the looks of it. Or he's certainly not very happy about it. Well, he's not, he's not very happy about about something. That's that's what I'd I'd definitely say. Um, and I mean, looking at it, it's interesting if you put if you try and put this in in a bit of context that you know, in terms of tourism and wh- why people are going to the mountains, that kind of thing. In 
I'd say probably before the mid 18th century, people just did not really think about going to the mountains right. and not climbing up them and anything like that. And then there's a sort of development of scientific interest, and then um, there's a few mountain climbers start coming, and then. Then you get, I don't know, you get, uh, you know, Byron and Coleridge and Wordsworth and and Mary Shelley and all the kind of romantic ideas of the mountains and and by that point, the kind of early mid nineteenth uh, century, the, the railways are starting to come too, so you start to have this influx of people coming into the mountains and that sort of quite neatly, I guess, in terms of this card, dovetails with um, with the kind of golden era of postcard making. And so I'd sort of I'd sort of argue that that mountains are just as important as seasides to postcards. You know, obviously, I would say that they're the second classic scene. Yes. Yes. But if if you think that I think I'm right in saying that the first postcards were were invented in Austria and then they spread to Switzerland and, and Italy and then Germany and a bit later France that that, you know, there's a kind of very mountainy. Yes. Yes. And in fact, there's a famous diatribes against postcard sending and writing about, uh, is it Rigi? Yes. Uh, where, uh, and you've probably read the, the article, some 19th century journalist was complaining that people weren't looking properly at the mountains, they were too busy writing postcards. Oh, right, interesting. And, um, That's the so, one that um, Turner was Turner painted, didn't ah, he? Ah, is that right? Yeah. Is that right? Well, you know, a few years later, Turner would have been just uh, picking up a postcard and writing on the back of it yeah. instead. <laughs> yeah, why bother, yeah. But this, in a way, this I, I, I suppose you could argue this, this kind of... Um, keeps going that very romantic tradition because it is not a photographic image in any sense. It's not a modern image. It's deliberately medieval, really, in the kind of way it's portraying the, the spirit of the land. It's very, uh, uh, well, it, it's very fanciful, but it's also very old-fashioned. It's not mm. It's not of the moment, whereas the photographic images of the time would have looked super fresh. Yeah, and they would have, they would have been very consciously modernist, I guess. Real I people, real faces... Yeah, what I really like about Alpine postcards, and I could have chosen one from the 1960s or 70s, but I love this idea that you see the development of how we go to the mountains and of what we're doing, and and so you get all this different tourism, and and then it moves on to, I guess, the sort of grand old age of those beautiful, you know, uh, Art Deco hotels and you know spa towns, and then you get the kind of concrete concretization, if you can say that, of you know, the mass tourism and the roads going through and the ski resorts and it all gets a bit ugly but functional but... And busy. And busy and very busy. And 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 this sort of amazing poignancy, I think, of the 50s and 60s and 70s of, of mass travel and mass tourism to the Alps and and the sun's always shining and, <laughs> and the snow's always brilliant in the yeah. postcards. But, but the idea, you know, now you look at it and you look at the glaciers and you think, wow, this is, you know, quite... Quite sad, but in, I think if you look at Killinger's other postcards, which which you can, if you type in his name in online, um, you can you can find them quite easily. And so there's, oh pic- yes, there's pictures of you can see that that there are almost like the mountains are protesting at the <laughs> at the train line being being dug through them. So I yeah, I th- and they're they're actually sort of. Uh, um under attack here from a from a mountaineer. Yeah, it feels like it feels like they're under attack, and then and then there's the train line that's gone all the way up, um, you know, round the Eiger and and very famously there. But I sort of feel like this this guy, this this glacier guy, is he's a he's bemoaning the presence of of uh, of people in the mountains, and 
These are eco eco postcards. Eco postcards before their time. Yeah, and um, I've got a lot of different postcards of the Rhone Glacier because it's a very famous place. There's a kind of very famous Wes Anderson style hotel. Oh yeah. Uh, on this beautiful Swiss mountain road, and and then there's a there's a uh, an ice cave in the glacier that you can go visit, and you can still go do this. But if you look at the postcards over the years, you have this amazing, you know grumbling huge behemoth of a of a glacier that comes all the way down to the valley floor and then the next one you see there's some horses and carts and the glacier has kind of receded and and shrunk a bit and then the next one i've got from the 60s or maybe the 50s you can see that the glacier has shrunk again and really so the sort of timelessness that you expect to see in mountains if you look carefully it's not quite like that yeah, and, and you can really chart what's what's been happening through, you know, the our effect on the mountains through through these postcards. And um, I was doing this, I was looking at all this through through postcards. But there's a, a a photo professor and critic called Francis Hodgson who who's kind of done the same, but with lithographs as right. well, you know, prints and other sorts of things. And and there's a, a very well known photographer called Simon Norfolk has a great series of pictures of the Rhone Glacier now because they've actually covered it with... Um, they have this kind of amazing kind of sheeting, plastic oh. sheets that you put over it to um, try and reflect the heat back up. Wow, to try like and a save sort of Christo uh, installation. Yeah, yeah, amazing. and it, it looks bizarre and, and it's um, kind of sad to see that this huge old giant that you see in this postcard here has, has been reduced to such a little, uh, little, little thing. Yeah, well, I guess whether you're bemoaning their um, the, the, the decline of these things or whether you're simply sort of in awe of them the, put, putting faces on them and bringing them to life does show a certain it, it brings it to life it, mm. it, brings, it, it, it brings the story to life yeah it really does for me and, and the other thing I like about this is there's some very beautiful uh, handwriting on the address on the reverse side oh yeah but it's, it's Madame Chaubert in Paris yeah it goes to yeah it goes to the Rue Bretagne in Paris um, oh, nice but it's of, and it was sent in 1902. Although I think that, as I say, the lithograph is from 1898. Oh, okay. Um, but it's of the era when you weren't allowed to write on the back. So no, 1902, the divided back came in in Britain, but I'm not sure it came in in France yeah. at the same time. Maybe a year later. Yeah, and so there's very little space to write on this card, except for one tiny little area down in the bottom left. And in this incredible tiny handwriting, <laughs> uh, she has written, or I think it's a she, my very dear Josephine has had a son on the 1st of April. Oh. He is doing well. Good. Uh, hello from us all. Oh, so a, a proper message, real news. Oh, no, proper message, real news. And, and uh, you know, a lot of the postcards that that you are attracted to, you know, it's about the message, but not of many of mine have them. But this is, no. a, this is a great message. Yeah. And, and actually very beautifully written as well. And you think Killinger was the, the lithographer or the publisher or...? I think he was the lithographer. He's right. yeah. Um, there is, I think there's a publisher's mark on it. Oh, no, there, oh, no, actually there isn't. Yeah, but yeah, I, 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 the same I, thing as well. Yeah, I have had a, I have had a, um, a Google around about him, but there's not many, not much on the internet about him. But he's no, def. I'm pretty sure he's the, he's the artist that created these pictures. Yeah. Oh, they've got a, they've got a sort of distinct yeah. and 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 uh, recognizable look. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for introducing us to these strange, brought-to-life mountains. There was, uh, there are many very interesting cards in your book. One, one I wanted to draw attention to was uh, the revolving solarium. 
on oh, page, yeah. page 161. <laughs> verse. Um, the card itself is not remarkable, but the subject matter is very, very strange. So it's this brutal, brutalist building. Um, it's where are we? Like halfway it. between a windmill and, yeah. and something out of so Star, Star Wars or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's got, it, is, it is a windmill until you reach the, <laughs> the top. Yeah. And then it's not. Imagine a windmill, but then instead of having the sails mounted so that they're vertical and go round, uh, they are mounted horizontally, so they go around uh, on the horizontal plane yes. instead. It's almost yeah. like a sort of fairground ride, but, yeah. but, but built that's much exactly more solidly. It. Yeah, that's exactly it, yeah. And this was so that you could take the sun all day, would it? Yeah, it was, it was the brainchild, I, I believe, of a Romanian doctor who was down in, in Aix-les-Bains, which is um, sort of on the edge of Provence and uh, the foothills of the Alps. And this was, uh, uh, you know, one of the big phases of people going to the mountains, obviously, was, was for their health, for tuberculosis or going to sanatorium for other different uh, ailments that they had. And I guess... The sun you know, was a cure then rather than something we we're more cautious of. Yeah, exactly. And, and so he thought that maybe the best thing you could do for the patients was was to just have them in the sun constantly all day so by creating this you know revolving device with long arms on which were mounted um well small bedrooms i guess inside the structure uh you could turn the turn the arms so that the patients were constantly in the sun all day hold tight we're going to turn (laughs) (laughs) 10 degrees which is almost a bit like the um you sort of get revolving restaurants now, don't you? You get this revolving restaurant in um, the top of the BT Tower, I think, at some Well, point. there it's... was, and you you bring me on to my next card. Uh-huh. So I'll give, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll be jumping back to the Alps shortly, but I'll give you a, a, one more quick one of, of mine in, in the past postcard style. And yes, and Max didn't know this, uh, it is the BT Tower. So you are. Oh, absolutely a, seamless. A yeah. revolving restaurant. <laughs> Almost uncanny. Um, this is actually a little multi-view. It's got cleverly. It's got the the BT Tower. It would have been then the Post Office Tower down one side, um, and very close to where we're recording this, I might add. And then you've got um, uh, actually not a, not a well-known angle of um, Piccadilly Circus, then Buckingham Palace, then uh, I don't know, Troop in the Colour or something. It's a real seventies card, uh, nineteen seventy-seven, in fact. And um, oh, I just. I, I just like the detail on this, on the message. Um, it says, Dear Vi, this is to V. Sumner of Skelmersdale from Graham. Graham likes, uh, is fond of Vi. He gives her six kisses. And he says, I'm writing... And the next bit's obscured by one of the many stamps. He's got <laughs> yeah. many stamps. I'm, one, two... It's cost uh, eight pence, but he's... Um, no, seven pence. But he's he, he's written it before he put the stamps on, so it made a bit of a mess of it. He says, I'm writing this on the coach as it tries to get out of the car park. So it's action. He's writing it as we find out how he's writing it. We should have left at 5.15, but some were late getting on bus, and we are now in a jam. Wembley is great, but the game was poor. All my love forever, Graham. A couple of things jump out. All my love forever is a really nice thing to say. I think really, yeah. from from what appears at first to be rather functional, you know, well, we're, yeah, in, with, we're in with, the car park. <laughs> yeah, and with um, 
and with seven one piece stamps, it yeah. suggests a sort of but parsimonious the, attitude. Yeah, there's, but then there's a real yeah. intensity of feeling. Yeah, I like that. And then I wanted to find out what that was about, so I had a quick look uh, on um, the internet, which is very useful. And it turns out they, um, on the 13th of August 1977, it was the Charity Shield. Um, before the football season started, and it was Liverpool against Manchester United uh, because Liverpool had won the first division and Manchester United had won the FA Cup, mm-hmm. and it was a goalless draw. So that's ah. why he said the match was poor. So you can't even tell if he was a fan of one or the other. It was just poor either way. Yeah, and if he's in Lancashire, I mean, he really could be Liverpool or United. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think we'll yeah, know. He could be in between, couldn't he? Uh, yeah. If you're listening, Graham, or even... Vi, and Vi was Mrs. V, so it must be her, I'm assuming her husband, or lover, who yeah. knows? Brother? All my love forever yeah. for your brother and sister? Yeah, t- yeah. I think it's a weird, bit romantic, <laughs> it's a bit romantic for that. Yeah. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to Podcasts from the Past, the postcard podcast. My guest today is Max Leonard. Oh, here's the surprise. We've received a postcard. The card is from H. Wallenton, Wollaston, perhaps. Um, and H. Wollaston says, Dear Sir, could you please renew the following books? 13762, 15906, 13934, 20280. They're due for return on the 20th of July. Um, well, sorry, Mr. Wollaston, um, we can't do that. Right then, before we hear the next of uh, Max's postcards, I got to thinking about mountains on postcards, and it reminded me of a particular phenomenon, which actually you've kind of touched on, Max, mm. so I just thought I'd share it, and that is the the souvenir frank, the um, the special mark that says you've been up a mountain or you've mm. been somewhere. And I think this probably started um, with the Eiffel Tower, actually. And they probably were the first to do this. Um, so you could have a cut stamp that said, written from the Eiffel Tower. Ah, brilliant. Um, in the uh, in 1889, probably. But um, 
I'm not sure. There may have been mountains before that. Um, and we know already that you could get one from um, the South Pole. Yes. But I, I picked up a couple here from... This This is not the Alps. It's Mount Snowden. Mm-hmm. But um, it just intrigued me. Um, this is 1951. It's just a, oh, great. a black and white card in terrible condition. But you got to the top and someone stamped Summit of Snowden. Um, and then a, a rather later one. Uh, this was... 1990, uh, Bill and Pauline, so we made it. It's cold up here. Mm-hmm. And again, they've got the special stamp, Snowden Summit, 1095 metres above sea level. Sounds about right. And Although, uh, of course, Snowden, you can go on a train, so it's a, oh, could, be, could well, be said to be cheating. In fact, they've got a, a sort of non-postal stamp that says Mountain Railway. Ah, yes. Maybe you have to have that as a kind of badge of dishonour if you didn't, <laughs> yeah. you didn't climb. Yeah, so you can't lie to your, um, the recipient of your card. Yeah. 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 I suppose they interest me in a way, like you said about the South Pole, and it's the sense that the card then becomes a validation, a proof that you did the journey. Yeah. Um, I mean, in fact, a lot of, most of the people who bought the cards that you sent are sending them to some extent to say, look, we made it. But with this on it, it almost adds an extra layer of authenticity. Um, yeah, I've seen a few like that of, of different places around the Alps. And um, one that springs to mind is another revolving restaurant, which oh. is uh, on which is on the Schilthorn, also known as the, the Piz Gloria, okay. which um, was the location for um, Blofeld's evil lair in, ah, in, um, yes, yes. on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And actually, that's a a mountain restaurant right perched on top of a peak but it has a revolving restaurant and a lot of the cards from there have a they do the stamp Piz Gloria stamp on them to show yeah. that you've been they normally say how high you are as well because that's yeah. part of the badge of honour yeah for sure you know yeah. as an as, as a, as a, uh, experienced mountain person yourself I'm sure you don't get sort of all exciting about having um more numbers on the height. Oh, but you can know, but you can, you know, cyclists love collecting, you know, you collect patches, you oh, collect all, data. So, all sorts of different things with, with the, you know, the heights of the things you can tick off your list of the, the passes you've climbed and that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's important to cyclists and, you know, yeah. I've got a dodgy leg, so I do more walking now, but right. and I think walkers like it too. It's, and, that, it's yeah. a sort of proving that you did it, isn't it? Yeah. To yourself as much as anything yeah. else. I was looking, I was looking in, a, in a pile of cars and I found not only do these... You know, Snowden give you this special stamp. You could get them when you visited HMS Victory mm-hmm. to prove you weren't there. The the pump rooms in Bath, and these are not great achievements. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then that Welsh railway station with a very very long name. Oh gosh, yeah, that's a long the, stamp. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it was circular, I think. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so that's a different way of doing things. Now let's get back to your Alpine cards, Max. So what, what what's the second card you got for us? This is something a bit more. Conventional in the photographic sense, I think. Well, yes, it is. And it's another old one. Lovely picture. It's uh, a picture of an alpine encampment. And the the text says, Col du Parpaillon, l'heure de la soupe dans un campement de chasseurs alpins. So this is the... <laughs> super. Super. <laughs> Génial. This is... Um, this is a French army camp up in the mountains. On oh, the, it's military, is it? Yeah, on the on the Col du Parpaillon, which is uh, which is one of the was it, well, it was at this point a strategic pass, and the Chasseurs Alpins were the French specialist mountain troops. Right. Um, so they're effectively defending it. They are. They are. And 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 what I really like about this is you know I spent a lot of time 
riding my bike around these places and and got to sort of wondering well why why are there all these roads you know what's the point of, of oh this? i see yeah and so some of them some of them are you know so you can take cheese from one village to the next and, and <laughs> down to market and that sort of thing but a lot of the ones that you know the kind of famous roads in france whether you're a cyclist or you're a motorcyclist or you like driving and a lot of them are, are kind of military roads of essentially that makes sense doesn't it? because um this part of france as well the col de parpaillon it's sort of north of nice and in the middle of nowhere more or less but this area was uh italy until 1860. oh right so it's contested yeah it was. and then then what happened i believe is that as italy was being formed as a modern nation as in when it was being unified um, Vittorio Emanuele, he gave this part of France and oh. the Savoy region as well to Napoleon III as a kind of, you know, you, you help me along with my, you know, geopolitical bid to create this country and we'll give you this this land that was was not particularly well served by being in Italy. And, and then Napoleon III went and, and made all this all these roads and, and uh, hospices and that kind of thing to right. kind of you know bring the local population and make them all french again but then 10 15 20 years later he realized that suddenly there was this new nation on the other side of the border that was becoming increasingly powerful and there was no uh didn't there, have the control there was no defense on that border so right. so hence they started you know building these camps and um different sort of fortifications and, and the roads were so you could take men and artillery to and fro swiftly but these are incredibly characterful images of these people i mean i love this because you can there's let's say there's probably i don't know 40 men in there yeah. um all in perfect focus yeah and they're sitting around some bell tents and it's a sort of you know pretty dispiriting kind of landscape there's a couple of little trees sticking up but it's mainly sort they, of they've had to paint the um paint the mountain in at the back because it's obviously overexposed well that, i mean that's that's the funny thing about this in fact, they painted both these mountains in is that i i mean i think that i've i've been up and down this this mountain a couple of times and and the mountain in the background is actually a complete fiction oh it doesn't even exist no. okay they felt it would make a nice uh, parallel with a tent perhaps yeah and it does look like a bell tent or it looks like mount fuji or something <laughs> like that um <laughs> Um, That's probably it, Mount Fuji, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's a sort of, you know, the sort of stereotypical cone-like mountain and it's all yeah. painted in in white. Yeah. And it must have been painted on the negative. Um, yes. But what, I, I mean, I think that the kind of artifice of it, I've got a bit more to say on that, but what I love about this is you look at the different men in the picture and there's a, f a few, like three blokes at the bottom, like eating their supper. And then there's other people posing and then, then you look harder and there's a, a, a guy sitting in a wheelbarrow being wheeled around. And, and <laughs> oh, well, perhaps, he's, uh, perhaps he's injured. I don't know. I mean, he could be injured, yeah. I mean, he looks quite cheerful, but maybe he's injured. Mutile. Yeah. And then the chap on the far right is kind of posing almost in a comic way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's sort so of got a thing. They're, they're slightly, I mean, they're quite a rough looking bunch, aren't they? I mean, they're quite. Uh, yeah, well, I, th I think life, life, up there. life would have been pretty tough. There there must be, a, I don't know, you know, two and a half thousand meters or like 9,000 feet. And like there's other pictures of this camp, which is just in, you know, three meters of snow. So, yeah. So getting your provisions and. Yeah, it would have been hard. It would be difficult. It would have been a hard life. But, but yeah, it, but what I really love about this, you know, well, I think first we could say that. The, I guess the kind of military thing is quite interesting, and and I believe that in Britain, when soldiers had a had a reduced rate on sending cards a very long time ago, 
Um, but they were definitely encouraged by, you know, the government would encourage people to keep in touch with their with their families right, by sending yes. cards. So, so there was there's quite a lot of these cards, and I've even seen them with pictures of, you know, people pointing themselves out with with a little arrow on the front saying this is you know this is me, mum. Oh, okay. Um, so that's that's one aspect of it I really like. But but then when you when you start looking at you realize that this is a fiction, this mountain in the background, and then you realize that actually, like most postcards, are sort of a fiction anyway as well. So I, I then went back and looked at the rest of my mm. collection, and you can say, well, you know, there's guys climbing on on impossible structures. There's um, <laughs> there's sort of framing things where where scenes have been framed by ice. Um, and just think about the the blue sky that you see in most postcards. It's, yes, it's, it's never well, certainly in Britain, it's never true. Yeah, and it, and it's just been composited in there by a postcard by hand, yes, by hand, and and it's like obviously way before Photoshop or anything like that. So yes, so actually, you're telling me there wasn't a real face in that uh, glacier. Yeah. yeah, well, exactly, and 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 then, well, it, you know, and that's what the point is. There's an extent to which these are as 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 fabricated as that. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and less um, honest, really, and less honest, and then, and, but some of them, there's you know, there's crazy clouds that you wouldn't yeah, ever see, yeah. and then, then there's got another one with a, a chalet which has got a, people outside with their skis and and that sort of thing. But all the people are not there. All the shadows are going the wrong oh, way. Oh, I see. They've moved them around. Yes, they've moved. They or they've just brought them in from another. There's picture. a man here walking. He's sort of treading, climbing up a step that isn't there. Yeah, and and um, and then one of my other favourites is a. It's a, a kind of snowmobile dragging some some skiers, but it's oh, it, just been it crops up twice. It's just been put into two separate scenes, and yes, and so the the image of the of the soldiers on on the Col de Parpaillon is is sort of emblematic to me of the idea that you know all postcards are a little bit you know you're saying oh I had this amazing holiday the sun always shone yes. the, you know it was everything was beautiful and and the scene is kind of idyllic but obviously it probably doesn't really represent your experience or you know maybe your memory will make it seem better once you're once you're back but well you didn't see it anyway you bought it yeah exactly you know, so it's not yeah. like you you haven't created any any illusions or you, you simply bought something yeah but also i think the whole idea that we have that the camera never lies for example mm. or, or that photographs are a, a real verisimilitude and um and a candid way of of capturing uh, a moment that's quite a new idea I, that, I mean certainly in the beginning of the 20th century um, photography was an art mm. and also technically to make things happen the way you want them to happen is artificial mm. um, you do have to cheat you quite often have to cheat um, and once you start cheating you can enhance and then you can make it the way you want it to be absolutely so, and the way you think it should be perhaps yeah, and then and then people on holiday buy your card and send back this kind of, you know, artificial vision—not false vision, but a, a, a gilded vision of, of the place they've been. And, and yeah. um, which is quite why. Which so, is why you touch when you receive the card, for God's sake! Look, <laughs> what what are they trying to prove? Well, and and that's, that, that's the sort of amazing pathos—the difference between what sometimes the people say on the back of the cards is kind of the miserableness yes. or the, or the yes. you know just prosaic nature of what they're saying, and the beautiful scene on the front just don't quite. Um, well, the card, the front no. of the card has to work for everyone mm. who buys that card, and they might sell a hundred thousand copies of it. The back of the card is unique. That's mm. just one person writes that. So there's a kind of strange funneling from the, the, um, the. Uh, 
the general to the particular. Yeah. You know, the, between the just flip the card over and you suddenly move from uh, a, a multitude to, to one soul. But um, well, I'm I'm I didn't realise that that um, Alpine cards were as subject to fiction as much as, as seaside cards. It turns out they are. Yeah, well, I, but I love the idea that that you know you cannot you know just paste a blue sky onto onto a scene and suddenly your memory is going to be, it's going to be illuminated by beautiful sunlight instead of uh instead of the rain clouds over the pier that you yes. might have seen otherwise yeah. yeah yeah and you know in this country the sky is nearly always gray yeah even on a nice yeah. day it, we've had a couple of days this summer where it's been actually like this but not it doesn't happen very no. often um very good very good well if you're interested in in seeing what I now realise is just a bunch of completely faked up postcards. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, if you want to see uh, Alpine postcards in in all their uh, the, the truth, fiction, fabrication, uh, fantasy, and reality, and ha- have a have a look at Max's book because there are a lot of cards in there, and it's very interesting and uh, beautifully produced and put together. Um, and thank you, Max, for sharing them with me and the listeners today. Um, I always say the same thing. I never know where the cards will send us. Well, I had, a, I had an inkling it would send us up a mountain, but I wasn't yeah. sure. Well, it's been a total pleasure, so thanks. Good. Now, another quick reminder, if you're uh, listening at home, all the cards we discussed today uh, are on the uh, the blog, postcardfromthepast.co.uk. Now, before we let Max out uh, onto his bike and doubtless up a mountain, um, it's a habit for us to end the show with one of these uh, fragile things, if I can find it. Um, and here we are. Let me hand it to Matt. This is this is for you to have a look at. Uh huh. Right. So I'm. I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with what we got there. Yep. Yep. It's a. It's, it's a. It's a like a picture disc postcard. Yeah. yeah. So it's a playable musical postcard. Great. I suppose. I've not seen one of these. You used to get sort of discs on the front of magazines, didn't you? When yeah, I was, like when a, fle- I was a, a flexi kid. disc. Yeah. This is, in a way, yeah. the playing surface of this is even thinner, mm. but it's applied like a gloss to the to the card. Yes. So it's a picture, in this case, we've got a picture of Carnarvon Castle, I think, in is Wales. Is that it, yeah. Um, actually, it's such a mirror image on the on the moat or the lake that you could kind of look at it either way up. I'm not sure. Um, maybe that's the right way up. And, and in, in the, I don't know what, curtain wall... There's a, a a hole for the spindle to go in. It's now, amazing. Um, now, the good people at Wardour Studios uh, have made a digital recording of this. Stand by your beds. Oh, it's pretty bloody crackly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a jump. Now, I think this is from the 1960s. It okay. sounds like it's from the 1860s. Yeah, it's, I was going to say, is it a traditional Welsh uh, Welsh tune? Yes, I yeah. think it is. I think it's... Here we go. I can imagine Harry Seacombe singing this on television. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, it suffered a bit, I think, this one. But it just about plays. Not bad for a postcard. No, I mean, that's pretty fantastic, actually, that it's lasted so long. Yeah, I don't know if it was ever sent. Um... There's a really strange kind of tax stamp on it. I don't know what that is. Yeah. They're made on the whole in, in, in Romania. Oh. And then it was sort of packaged up in, uh, I think probably in Bristol, yes, uh, Harvey Barton and Sons. I, you could say probably it's, it's lasted longer than any MP3 is going to last. Uh, there you are. Yeah. It's still, you know, it's resilient stuff. Yeah. Well, as the Welsh castle continues spinning at exactly 45 RPM,
That's it for this time on Podcasts from the Past. I'd very much like to thank my first class guest for sharing the postcards from his past, Max Leonard. Thank you, Max. Thanks, Tom. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. You can see more postcards with their messages posted every day on Twitter. Do follow me at Past Postcard. And you can buy the book, Postcard from the Past, by me, Tom Jackson, at Amazon and all good booksellers. And if you're looking for podcast production, check out wardorstudios.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.